0: Please enjoy this sport bloke segment from an upcoming or recent episode.
1: So we'll start with basketball, Stewie, and a few bits and pieces today. Not, not a heap of NBL stuff as far as signings. We might go over them a little bit. Half
0: an hour worth. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I
1: shouldn't say that, <laughs> no. should I? Because we always go longer. But first, we've got to talk about the very sad passing of one of the absolute statesmen of the game. One of the just legends, both on court and off, went through a hell of a lot. Celtics champion and 11-time champion at that, Bill Russell.
0: Yeah, geez, I mean, what a an amazing resume this guy has. As you say, 11-time champion, that's a record that will never be touched. I, I just, I can't see anyone. No, playing. it's
1: very hard to see how that could possibly like, be. Like
0: getting past four or five nowadays is difficult. Absolutely. Five-time MVP, 12-time All-Star, 11-time All-NBA, three firsts and eight seconds. All defensive first team, the only season he actually played that they had that category. They they started in 1969. Two-time NCAA champion as well. So very, very good at all levels.
1: First African-American coach. And indeed was a player coach too.
0: He was, yeah. One of the championship teams as well. Yep. So, yeah, amazing. Do you know he never averaged less than 18.6 rebounds a game?
1: (laughs) That's nuts. Less than that. That's nuts. I wonder what the field goal attempts were in those games. But, yeah, that's still crazy. Oh,
0: it? the percentages back then were horrible. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Guys that shot 40% were considered elite. But, I mean, to be doing that... And, and yeah. you,
1: you can watch the footage. And, he, like, he just a man amongst boys, wasn't yeah. he, really? Like, so,
0: and, and this is the the issue that I have is that all of the stuff on YouTube for Wilt Chamberlain, for Bill Russell, they're all saying the same things. Oh, they're playing against players, Plumbers, and yeah, blah, blah, blah. that old well, one. Or... So they've got to play against someone. <laughs> so... You know and they did it against each other as well. So oh, absolutely. Tough.
1: And it doesn't matter like who the plumber is, it, you can still a massive block is a massive block, whoever's yeah. taking the shot, like or whatever it might be. Yeah.
0: And, and it's not like they were the only decent players back then. You have guys like you know, Bob Pettit was a pretty decent player back
1: then. Well, that's the only championship he didn't win, was to Bob Pettit at the Hawks. There you go. And then he came back and destroyed them from memory. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. So
0: there were other guys in those eras that were were still pretty decent players. Of course, of course. And so when you look at that number that I gave you, 18.6, the only guy since the 1970s to average that much in one season, Dennis Rodman. Right. 91,
1: 92. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's it, more than I realized. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah wow. 18.6. She. And it's nuts. Like the top 18 single season rebound per game averages, nine for Russell, nine for Wilt.
1: Right. There they you dominate it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. The only two guys to ever have 50 rebounds in a game. It's, uh, you could just go on and on. But I think what you sort of said in terms of him being like a trailblazer.
1: Well, no, he was a Celtic.
0: Oh, God, he did it.
1: (laughs) Sorry. That's That's right. Bill Walton was the trailblazer. trailblazer. He was also a Celtic, funnily
0: enough. He was. (laughs) Damn it. Uh, Sam Bowie. (laughs) Never played for the Celtics. No, that's true. (laughs) He was a Laker. He was. Um, But yeah, look, he was probably the most influential player in the history of the game. When you consider what he did off the court, you know, a top lot of...
1: three, definitely, if not number Absolutely. one. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: If you go back to the there was a 1961 boycott. So the Celtics were playing the Hawks in a preseason game in Kentucky. And a couple of the Celtics guys went into a restaurant there. And they basically tried to sit down. Um, I think it was Sam Jones and um Satch Sanders. They tried to sit down and the lady said, I'm really sorry, but we don't serve negroes.
1: It was a se- segregationist, yeah.
0: And So, basically, they've gone back and they've told Bill Russell about it and Bill said, well, fuck it, we're out of here. And they've they've taken five players from the Celtics and a couple of guys from the Hawks and said, we don't want to be here anymore. We're not going to do this exhibition if you're going to be that racist. And and he stood up for it every single day doing his part to basically pave the way for the African-American players today to have the world that they have and the life that they have. I mean, you look at how many of these players are making life-changing sums of money – and what they're able to do with it, because of guys like Bill Russell, you know, who absolutely, was- oh yeah,
1: yeah, and and the Celtics and Red Auerbach, you know, copped a lot of heat for drafting an African American as well, and and they're an important part of this story. But he is just, uh, just what 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 I find so inspiring is the shit that he went through. Like literally, people broke into his house while they were on road trips and smeared shit on his walls because they were racists. The fact that he could still persevere and would still have a positive attitude, that laugh is so warm when you hear him laugh. It's such a lovely thing because I watched lots of interviews this week with him talking to a bunch of people. Kevin Garnett, like the intensity in Kevin Garnett's eyes, he hangs on every word that Bill Russell says. As you should. Absolutely, absolutely. And and we're doing a 1991 redraft like we did the 1991 a couple of episodes ago. Check it out if you haven't heard it already. But in my research for that, um, I heard a uh, um, Dikembe Mutombo on Knuckleheads, the podcast that uh, Robbie talked about when we were on their show, the Throwback Hoops episode thirty-eight, I think it was. Check that out too. Um, Thirty-nine. Thirty-nine was it? Yeah. Uh, check them both out. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're great boys. Yeah, check, check them all well, look
0: out. At 30, look at thirty. Yeah, yeah. Start at one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but but Dikembe was saying that Bill Russell, um, when he was just coming out of college, Bill said. Oh, you know, do you have some time? I'd love to spend some time with you. And it can be thinking, oh, yeah, we'll go in the gym. And He's like, no, no, no. We're just going to walk around for two days and hang out. And, and, you know, I'll tell you about America and, and just be like a, an extra father figure. You know yeah. what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. So, so he just, he was just, he just gave back so much to the game. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, like we say, one of the many reasons why he's just so revered
0: absolutely well and look the good thing is we've we've done some really sad rips recently Mine mind immediately goes to shame oh it's
1: been a horrible year rod marsh as well in that couple of day period yeah yeah
0: bill was 88 so yeah he, yep. you know, he lived a full life he yep. lived a good life he was able to to do more than he probably imagined he'd be able to do in his life but yeah he can absolutely rest in peace and you know, all the thoughts and prayers with the Russell family. And, and now
1: he's playing one-on-one in heaven with Wilt Chamberlain.
0: Absolutely. Oh, jeez, yeah. that'd be a fun. That would have come to would be fun to watch. It would. It bouncing would.
1: off clouds and dunking on each other. Indeed, indeed. So good. So like I said, we won't go too hard on this now. We'll do a preview closer to the start of the season, I think. But there has been some NBL news that we thought we'd look at. And probably a couple of talking points we'll focus on a little bit more. But first things first, the, the signings have really started to domino along, haven't they?
0: They have, yeah. Look, Melbourne United have had a pretty decent week. It has that, to be said.
1: Yeah, they've gone from like going, holy shit, we've lost half the team, to going, all right, we've replaced half the team and they all look pretty
0: good. We've done all right. <laughs> yeah. So they signed Isaac Humphreys about a week ago, which look, if he can stay on the court, with, that's the key. We know what he's capable that's, of. That's
1: if he's it's a great signing if he can if, stay on the court.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. But look, their their trio of imports looks really good. Oh yeah. Xavier Rathan-Mays, we know about. Yep, known commodity. Very underrated playmaker. We know that he can score.
1: He can play defense. He can
0: play defense. So we know what we're getting with him. But then you've got Rajon Tucker. Now I don't know if you've seen the highlights. Oh, mate,
1: this guy can jump.
0: Jesus, the bounce on him is. Holy
1: shit! Yeah, yeah. The like the highlight packages will be exciting. Yeah.
0: So he's going to dunk on at least a few guys. Can't wait. And, And you know, from all accounts, pretty decent catch and shoot guy from three as well. Like he's super quick, so he's going to get past guys. But I think that's probably the big thing: is if he can shoot the three, that speed is going to open up so many opportunities for him.
1: Probably and the, the lob threat will be fun too. So. Oh, it will be. Yeah, it will be. yeah.
0: The only issue I have seen so far is that he is a bit of a black hole. Let's just oh, yeah, okay. call it what it is. Yeah, yeah. He averaged more turnovers than assists in college. Oh,
1: yeah. Okay, that is, that is, is a red good. flag. Yeah. Okay.
0: But we kind of had a similar worry about Xavier Mumford, and he turned out to be pretty decent. So I, I guess.
1: There's hope. It can it can depend on the makeup of the team too. So if he is the be-all end all of that college team, and it, maybe the coach said to him, I need you to carry this team on your shoulders. Who yeah. knows? You know, share the load a bit more. Obviously, they've got guys like Chris Golding. So there's some veteran presences that he'll have to have to be around. But geez, the talent that they've lost. Delhi, Jack White, JLA. My goodness.
0: Absolutely. And then we've got Jordan Caroline, who we've had a bit of a look at some of his highlights.
1: Here. Yeah, I'll be honest, I haven't seen a hell of a lot, but from what I've seen, he looks all
0: right. He looks kind of similar to Tucker in a way, you know, decent outside shooter, pretty Offensive athletic, a little bit bigger, which is uh, which is probably an advantage. But uh, I mean, you know, once you've got three of these guys who can all put the ball in the basket with Golding.
1: I think the league's going to be pretty deep this season. It is. It's going to be exciting. No easy wins.
0: No, None. Even teams like Brisbane who... Yeah, looking, I know,
1: who went from that kind of team that could be the team you punch down to to now a team that's looking bloody good with Aaron yeah, Baines and others. And
0: Tyler Johnson. Yeah, yeah a like,
1: huge NBA, yeah. Like
0: that pick and roll combo is very, very scary. We know what Baines can do shooting the ball. If he's back to even close to what he's been in the NBA and, and in some of these international comps, I mean, yeah, look out.
1: Well, that's true. It, it, it's a bit of an unknown commodity. How will he return from that injury? But geez, I will tell you what, he has the potential to absolutely beat down on the the smaller bigs, and the NBL does does have some smaller bigs. It does. So
0: my only concern is that both of those guys still have NBA dreams. Now, but like, but well, he,
1: hey, I, I didn't expect Delhi to go back. So sure. anything's possible, isn't it? Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Well, this is it. We get yeah. to
0: towards the trade deadline and teams start panicking. Oh, we need a good, dependable backup. Or team.
1: yeah, injuries as well you know
0: that's exactly that, yeah. that's when you might go oh Aaron Baines is still available or we need a, you know a pretty decent backup point guard who can shoot the ball Tyler Johnson looks like a pretty decent option as well he's got obviously that NBA pedigree having been there for that many years so
1: yeah well it's I guess it's one of those things that the NBL always has to deal with isn't it yeah. but some NBL and NBA games coming up too true Adelaide playing if not others so that'll be a bit of fun
0: and look, something we were going to talk about with, uh, with Woody and Robbie the other week before I stuffed up and left the pack of cards <laughs> at home. We were going to talk a little bit about the, the Sydney and the Perth signing. So we'll start off with Sydney. They've got three guys they've picked up. So Derek Walton Jr., Justin Simon, and Trey Soares. Now, we know Justin Simon again. Yep, another known commodity. We've watched him with the Hawks be this defensive beast, a guy that you just – you can't get past basically. I feel
1: like he was maybe their best player in that semi-final series against Perth a few seasons. Ago.
0: I don't think maybe. I think yeah. he definitely was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we obviously, yeah, we know what we're getting with him. Daryl Walton Jr. I mean, he was a defensive beast in the NBA and the G League in terms of, but like, he's a guy who will get you two or three steals a game. Okay, maybe not like the greatest outside shooter, but he's pretty handy in the mid range, which you know it's kind of a lost art in the NBL. And, yeah, he'll get you steals and blocks. Like, that's that's what you want. Like, and they've
1: got guys like Vasily Rich. He doesn't piss off too, so he can shoot the threes for him.
0: Yeah. Now, I don't know much about Trey Soares. I, I believe he's Brazilian, so the uh, the, the international flavour of the Sydney Kings with Brazilians continues. And the
1: Lazada, yeah, they've already had a Brazilian.
0: Hopefully, Didi Lasagna can do something in the NBA. I, I, yeah, I, I still don't understand I never, that.
1: yeah, no, I, I agree. Better. Yeah.
0: Look again, three very very handy pickups for the Yeah, people. they look to be. They look to be. And then for the Wildcats, we've got Brady Manek and Taquan Thomas, who look. Thomas, I'll start off with. He looks he looks like a guy who'll consistently give you like thirteen and seven. That's kind of what he's been doing internationally for the last few years.
1: I wonder if he's going to be a bit of a Rosell Ellis kind of type for us. Bit of dirty work, rebounding, blocking shots, playing defense. Probably what the team needs. So I'm quite optimistic about the Wildcat signings.
0: Yeah, and look, he's a, a guy who knows his like he knows his role. Stay you, Lane. Yeah, consistently yeah. shooting low sixties, high fifties from the field. So he's not a guy who's taking too many outside shots. That's actually a bit of Sean Long about him.
1: Oh, hey, well, that'd be great if that's the case. Like, a bit shorter, but a bit yeah. A bit shorter, yeah. but he's a
0: shot blocker. He goes after stuff.
1: And like I said, on that throwback episode when we were with the boys, he doesn't seem to have a problem playing back to the basket too, which is a bit of a lost art. And I think a bit of back to the basket stuff is a good way to spice up your offense a bit these days. So. Definitely. Yeah. And,
0: then, and then obviously, look, Brady Manic, There's no shortage of love on Twitter. I think he's a cult hero already.
1: Well, he played for a big college. A lot of people would have seen him in the tournament, including myself. I've seen him more than any, any of the other new imports because of the tournament. So I'm really optimistic about him too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It could be another Nick K sort of type where he's got that really good outside shot, but very solid inside. He will happily dunk on people. Yep.
1: And he'll play defense. He'll hustle. He'll, for, he'll yeah. play every, you know, every second he's on the court, he'll give it his all. And that's, that's what you need.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You can't ask for anything more than that. And, from all accounts, he's as excited to be here as we are to have him here. And you know, I've I've sort of been talking to some of his relatives on Twitter and saying, look, when you're in Perth, let us know. Like we'll happily we show you around. We want to make this as as great a place for you to be as possible. And apparently his family travel like in big packs.
1: Yeah, right. Okay. So it'll be good. They'll, they'll en- I think do you know what? Oh, sorry.
0: No, I was gonna say they'll they'll enjoy the experience being here. We know what Perth's like. We know it's loud, we know there's big crowds pretty much every game. Well,
1: it'll be like the college atmosphere, yeah. They'll, they'll love Perth Arena, definitely, yeah. definitely. It'll be interesting. I think maybe a month or so into the season, once we've had a chance to see some of these guys, I think it might be a bit of fun ranking the best import trios. Ooh. Because I think at this stage there's a few unknown commodities as far as how they go in the NBL. But once we've had a chance to see them a little bit, there's, there's some good triple or... or um.
0: Certainly, certainly good duos, if not yeah, trios. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think the Wildcats trio is pretty good. A good
0: idea, because we did poo-poo the third imports last season. Let's be positive this year. Yeah,
1: well, hey, it'll be interesting. I I just think that the talent seems to be a little bit higher this off season. Now, mm. again, we won't know till we see it, but it does it does strike me as as being a bit bit stronger.
0: And let's talk. We might be getting Bronny James in a year or two.
1: Yeah, it's interesting one too. Yeah, well, we have called for it. We called, we've called for it back in the day, so it'd be very interesting. He'll go to Sydney. Yeah. Oh, look, it, it's it, it, it's just Melbourne, probably summer race. It's races. a dumb yeah, deal. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Man, it makes sense. All right. Well, that's the positivity out of the way.
0: A Couple of NBL <laughs> things. Yeah. Well. Yeah.
1: So we've got a few things that have been announced: the Christmas game, the open air game, and the play-in tournament. Should we not go in that order?
0: Yeah, let's let's start most off. to most <laughs> We'll we'll start off positive. <laughs> uh Christmas,
1: what do you think? Christmas
0: game, man. I love it.
1: Yes, this is the one I like. Too.
0: I love the yep. idea of this. Yeah. The reason I love it is that there's nothing on the calendar here. Yes, for exactly. Christmas Day.
1: Exactly. Christmas
0: Day NBA is boxing day.
1: Exactly. Boxing yep. Day
0: cricket is boxing day. Yep. So
1: and the NFL has its boxing day games too. Well, Boxing Day in Australia, Christmas Day. Yeah, yep, definitely.
0: So we we've always woken up on Christmas morning, and as soon as the presents are unwrapped. And a couple of beers are down. It's like, well, may as well go to sleep and wake up at one o'clock tomorrow morning to watch the Knicks,
1: after the food coma yeah. Knicks
0: versus Bulls or something. So yeah, yeah, I, we haven't had a
1: few good years with NBA. It's versus, been terrible. Yeah, it
0: has absolutely terrible. Yeah, I remember there was a one really good game that that just immediately springs to mind. It was the Heat and the Lakers a while back, and that was just a dunk fest. There was just crazy stuff happening all over the place. We had a really good one as well, the Lakers and Bulls, I think it was, uh, a few years back when Derek Rose was pre-injury. Ah, so, uh,
1: yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, but it, okay. it goes back. Yeah, yeah. It
0: really does. So, yeah, Christmas Day, all for it.
1: Me too. I think one of the things the NBL does really well is filling gaps that other sports and other leagues don't. So bringing Tassie in when they did, going up to Darwin for the Blitz, these are great initiatives. These are things that the NBL should be doing. And, yeah, like you say, there's there's no one else doing Christmas games. A bit worried about crowd numbers, but maybe they've decided that, look, it might not be a big draw card for crowds, but it's still a good idea and it might be a good way of getting the casual fan in too.
0: The thing is, though, at the end of the day, it's not first thing in the morning.
1: No. So if yeah, you, true. Like not, the NBA would have been. Yeah. yeah. You're, not,
0: you're not taking people away from opening presents and being with families. I mean, look, I don't know about you. We generally do a brunch and we'll maybe do an afternoon tea. After that, though, I can understand there'll be a lot of people that'll miss because they've had a... You different... and I have
1: pretty different Christmas experiences, don't we? Because yeah. I have a lot more family here than you. And yeah. and so your Christmases and Boxing Days are often um a bit kind of quieter than mine. They're mm. often really crazy for me. So I often don't get to see the NBA Christmas games. Yeah. But like you say, the, the fact that it's on at night time, I'll certainly do my best to I probably will watch it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: That should be good. Yeah.
1: No, looking forward to that one. Then...
0: Things we're not looking forward to as much... <laughs> All right, no, open air game. Oh, uh, why? Why?
1: It's a gimmick. I don't like gimmicks.
0: Oh, the sky. I haven't seen that in a yeah, like I know. Like five minutes. Oh, in
1: Melbourne, it never rains there in summer.
0: Yeah. Like
1: I just I was gonna go back and try and look at the stats of these open air games. Unfortunately, I, can't I, I, I Yeah, they're they're difficult. It just was gonna to take too long. And obviously we had a lot of episodes to prepare for. So I, I just decided that it was a bit of a sunk, sunk time there. But I just I don't know. I I think sometimes the NBL also, for all it's good that I just mentioned, I think it also sometimes overthinks itself a bit. Yep. So it's a gimmick, right? So gimmicks are to bring in the casual fan. So the casual fan watches it. They all shoot 35% from the field because there's a fucking wind and there's no roof. And then the casual fan goes, oh, that was kind of shit. I'm not going to watch again. Yeah. So I'm not even sure. The, The hardcore fans are going to be watching no matter what. You don't need to draw them in. So it's almost like, it's almost robbing Peter to pay Paul, I think. Like, are you really, are you really going to get, I don't know. I think it could be a negative backlash from this. Absolutely. If, if, now, if the game turns out to be good, then great. And that's what I hope. Because you want to bring the casual fan in. We want the league to succeed. We're not, we poo-poo because we love. <laughs> mm. But, ugh, I don't
0: know. No, I'm I'm completely with you. Like, one thing you can say about the wind is it's not constant. No. So one team might have no wind for their possession. As soon as the ball comes down the other end, a little gust comes in and it's harder to shoot. So, yeah, the percentages I can guarantee will be lower. And you almost have to coach it
1: differently. You You go inside more, less threes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And as a defense, you basically pack Pack the keyway and say, if you you can shoot 35% or 40% from three with the wind, go nuts. But as you say, like what's gimmicky about the sky? Like, you see it every day.
1: Yeah. You saw it walking to the stadium. Well, again, it's an excuse to put in the news. Oh, open air game. Like, it will get more news. It will. It it will do what it wants to do. The problem is, once it draws those eyes in, if they think it's a shitty product, they're not going to come back.
0: It's like underwater games.
1: (laughs) The Atlanta special.
0: Wow. Well, look at all that water. The players all drowned. But, you know, (laughs) but, geez, the water was good. Like, oh.
1: Just, don't make it so difficult. You get everyone playing in thongs or something. Yeah. yeah we're, we're,
0: a, big, a big tub of jello or something. <laughs> like. It's just,
1: yeah. Mud wrestling
0: basketball. <laughs> jello. All right, all right. All right. Uh, so we're not fans of the open air game. No. And we're even lesser fans of the play in tournament. Yeah.
1: Now we've talked about this before. We've talked about it with the NBA. The people that listen to us regularly will know our opinion. This will come as no surprise. But, yeah, not a fan. I, the regular season is the play-in tournament. Mm-hmm. We've only got 10 teams. Why do we want six out of – it's like the same same argument with the NBA, having 20 out of the 30 teams still alive after the end of a long regular season cheapens the regular season.
0: All right, let me read you the official statement from the week. We've seen how successful the playing concept has been in the NBA. Now, I'm just going to pause for a second and say, how has it been successful? Uh, half the games have been shit
1: that's the thing so I looked at the results and it is about maybe a little bit more than half have been good but half is half enough no and the other thing is in the NBA it stops tanking or, or guards against tanking a bit more because teams can stay alive for longer there's no there's no draft in the NBL there's no tanking in the NBL yeah so you don't need to give teams an incentive to keep playing correct now finish off the quote Sorry.
0: No, that's okay. (laughs) No, no, it's good. It's good to get passionate. (laughs) So we've seen how successful the playing concept has been in the NBA and the numerous benefits that it has delivered to fans. Teams will stay in the hunt for the championship that little bit longer. Final spots will be decided in new and innovative ways and an extra layer of excitement will be added for our fans. Yeah. I mean. I'm not convinced. I'm not either. Yeah. The only way I can see it working is kind of similar to what they used to do. Teams one and two get a buy. Yes,
1: this is the it, it really benefits to sit top two on the table yeah. now. Yeah.
0: Three plays six, four plays five. Yep. The winners play one and two. I, I can live with that, but it's when you're playing these one-off games. One-off games shit me to tears because it does. You don't have to be the best team. No, that's right. that's right. You can just show up and have one particularly good game.
1: Yeah. If you or one particularly bad game on the flip side. Exactly. Yeah.
0: If yep. you show up and beat a team in a best of three or a best of five that says that 99 times out of 100 you were the better team it just or, or you exploited matchups better or you yeah, yeah. You, you had better tactics whatever yeah. it happens to be but yeah the more
1: deserving winner yeah,
0: yeah. We, we've seen it it happens all the time where teams that aren't as good win because they have a good day or they they I don't know what something happens and
1: it, it-, it helps the teams that might have injuries it helps the teams that might have roster instability that bring in guys late. Yeah. do we want to help those teams? You know what I mean? No. Like injuries are a part of the game. The league didn't help us when we
0: wanted to bring a, a player. Oh, in and this is what I found so funny. So, they- so
1: when they when they kind of floated this at the awards night earlier in the season, someone on Twitter made some comment about Perth. And I had to bite back and say, well, hold on, mate. This is the first time in 35 years Perth didn't make the playoffs. Perth's actually the team that least needs a fucking play-in based on history.
0: So it's not and, for Perth. It's and, definitely not and, for Perth. We've, and we've benefited from this sort of thing in the past anyway. Well, we have to keep straight. So, yeah, yeah a look, bit, yeah. not a fan. I, I just, yeah, 100%. Why do you even have the regular season? Everyone on social media is kind of saying that it's dumb. And I think there's that one way that I describe is the only way I'll get behind it.
1: Now, Stewie, somewhat counterpoint, because I've crunched the numbers on this one of the last six seasons. And look, there's maybe a bit more justification for it in some ways, based on record, right? We'll, so all we'll, things we'll see. Well, all things said, and look, I still on the principle of it, I still don't like it, and I never will for the reasons I mentioned. Okay. But looking at the at the at the records, here we go. So sixteen seventeen season, fifth place, New Zealand, fourteen and fourteen. Sixth place, Melbourne, thirteen and fifteen. Seventeen eighteen season, this is the bad one. Fifth place, Illawarra, twelve and sixteen. 6th place, Cairns, 11 and 17. Mm -hmm. So that would produce a pretty shitty play. So neither
0: of those teams deserve it. No.
1: 18 fifth place, Adelaide on 14 and 14. Now, Brisbane that finished 4th were also 14 and 14. So percentage, I think, was the tiebreaker back then. They've changed the tiebreakers a few times over the years. 6th place, New Zealand, 12 and 16. Yeah. 19-20, place, Brisbane, 15 and 13. Melbourne were also 15 and 13. Again, they won on tiebreaker. Sixth place New Zealand, 15-13. 2021, Sydney were 19 and 17. Southeast Melbourne, who finished fourth, were also 19 and 17. That
0: was the rock paper scissors one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, okay. Yeah. Sixth place, Brisbane, 18 and 18. And then last season, Perth, 16 and 12. And Southeast Melbourne, 15 and 13. So it is a bit of a mixed bag, and and some people would say there's maybe enough justification there.
0: Based on last season, yes. But there were a couple, I mean, as you say, do you want an 11 and 17 yeah. Cairns team? No, make, not really. No. no. You want teams to be making it who are 500 or above. Maybe one game below you can kind of, but, oh, I don't know. I just I just
1: don't think there's any reason to believe that blokes aren't playing hard at the end of the season. And if they're on a team that is on the playoff bubble, they're going to play hard too because they're playing for their next contract.
0: Well, I mean, we saw it. Southeast Melbourne had nothing to play for in that final. Yeah,
1: that's good point. The final game against Perth. Great right point.
0: And they put... Everything on the yeah, line,
1: and it went to OT, yeah.
0: Because they wanted to say "fuck you" to Perth,
1: and they succeeded.
0: And they did, yeah.
1: So, yeah, good point.
0: Yeah, I don't know. So, Dave, a couple of quick things I wanted to just present to you that I've seen over the last few days on Twitter. Really interesting graphic about Wilt Chamberlain. Now we know obviously how dominant he was. He scored sixty-two or more points against ten of the seventeen teams that he played against. <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah. Okay. I didn't see that one. 62 or more. Yeah, jeez.
0: And and you've got to keep in mind as well, teams like the Cavs, the Trailblazers, the Clippers, they didn't start until the 70 71 season, True. Yeah, which was yeah. like his second last year. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that he missed those three teams, you can kind of understand. Yeah, he was on the, the real sharp decline in terms of scoring.
1: But they're all plumbers, Chewy.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> plumbers and flymen. Plumber. Plumbers and flymen.
1: Plumber. I'd love the next expansion franchise to call themselves the Plumbers and Flymen. The Las Vegas Plumbers and Firemen?
0: Yeah, the Fort Lauderdale Firemen.
1: Well, Vegas will be, or maybe Seattle, Seattle. but I think Vegas will be the next
0: team. Yeah, that that would be good, actually. I would like that. Now, he also scored 59 against Detroit, 53 against Seattle, so he had 50s against two other teams. I had a quick look. Have a guess how many guys outside of Wilt Chamberlain have scored 62 or more in an NBA game?
1: How many guys outside of Wilt? Yes. Um, Oh... I'll say
0: probably 20 to 25. It's only 14. Yeah, okay, okay. I'll quickly rattle them off. Yep. Cause there's because there's 14 of them. So Steph Curry, Carmelo Anthony, Kobe Bryant, Tracy McGrady, Michael Jordan, George Gervin, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, David De- Robinson, Joe Fulks, I'm getting to him. <laughs> Rick Barry, Pete Maravich, Devin Booker, David Thompson, and that's it. And David Robinson. <laughs> so Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. So 14 guys have done it a combined 20 times in the history of the game. Chamberlain has done it 23.
1: Yeah, wow. That's incredible.
0: It is. Now, you've got a little funny about a certain Golden State Warriors player.
1: Oh, God. So, I don't know if this is true or not, but...
0: If it is, ugh, it's not good.
1: So, I saw at NBA memes post that apparently Warriors fans have voted... Jonathan, I can't even read this with a straight face. <laughs> don't like, <laughs> just laugh you I mean we've already we've already done our sex jokes for the episode well we probably haven't but anyway um the Warriors fans have given Jonathan Kaminga K-U-M is how you spell his surname for those that don't know the nickname come bucket K-U-M-B-U-C-K-E-T now buckets mean scoring because he shoots yeah yeah well scoring oh my
0: god no (laughs) what (laughs) oh god
1: this is going to segue into a very perfect bloody hell, which we uh, yeah. haven't have had for a while.
0: Do you think it's maybe pronounced the kumbaket?
1: Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, that's all right then.
0: It's oh, much better. Oh, it's terrible. Kumbaya. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this Sport Blokes segment. Why not listen to the full episode and check out their Twitter at Sport Sportblokes.